What's your call sign, pilot? Um, we have to go. It, it's, um, Rogue? The rogue Ones. Rogue Ones? There is no Rogue Ones. Well, there is now. Hello and welcome to The Rogue Ones, a Star Wars and or podcast from the Playlist Podcast Network that dares you to put away the lightsabers, pick up the blasters, and climb because there's just one way out. I'm your co-host Mike D'Angelo and joining me is Editor-in-Chief of the Playlist Rodrigo Perez. Together we've been diving light speed into Season 1 of Andor right along with the fans each week. Many of those weeks we also bring on special guests from the show to discuss stepping into the beloved and contentiously debated Star Wars universe, share teases for what's to come, and even talk about their favorite Star Wars films. This week we'll be discussing episode 10 of the series entitled One Way Out, and afterwards Kino Loy himself, Andy Serkis, joins the podcast to discuss rejoining the Star Wars universe, those Kino Snoke fan theories, his arc in episodes 8 through 10, and much, much more. But before we jump into all that, I've got to tell you that The Rogue Ones is a part of the Playlist Podcast Network, which includes the Playlist Podcast, Bingeworthy, The Discourse, Deep Focus, Be Real, The Fourth Wall, and more. We can be heard on Apple Podcasts, Anchor FM, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you find your favorite shows. Be sure to like and subscribe to the Playlist Podcast Network to get this show and all of those that I just mentioned. Also, drop us a comment or a rating as we very much appreciate it. Okay, Rodrigo. I know I keep saying it, but this one might be my favorite episode of the season so far. Everything is firing on all cylinders. The writing, the direction, the score, the acting, the cinematography, you name it. We've both watched this episode multiple times. It's top notch. Uh, spoiler warning for those that are listening, but as usual, we're diving right into everything that happens. In this episode, Andor finally becomes the rebel leader we knew he could be. Um, he's winning Kino and the other men to fight during the escape of of Narkina 5 we see the plan that's been trickling out over the previous episodes and little teases and it's finally becoming this full on riotously tense escape and climb to the top only for poor Kino to not be able to make the jump with his fellow prisoners because he can't swim oh the heartbreak all that stuff let's just start there what did you think of the elements just on Narkina 5 Rodrigo i mean yeah one one way out man what a yeah. what an episode and to me you know that says it all about this show there's one way out for everybody here mm. this is where it's all heading right if there's one way out for andor there's one way out for mothma i think there's one way out for cyril and uh you know this is this there's everyone's being squeezed everyone's running out of options and what's so great about narkina 5 and all this stuff is it's you know, like I said before, like, but it's like, you know, you said he's become the rebel leader. Well, he has, but he hasn't because he's not aware of it. Right. right. But this is him on pure instinct, realizing what he has to do and building the machinations of doing it. He's not conscious of like, I'm being a leader here. He's not conscious of like, you know, uh, I, I'm going to do this and join the rebellion. This is pure instinct, pure desperation. But someone, and maybe it's even going to be Luthan or someone is just going to be like, look, dude, look what you just accomplished. This is like fucking perfect uh, proof of concept of like what we need. You not only led everybody to do this, you strategically saw all the angles and you knew the pieces and all the things that you had to do to make this happen. One of them being convert someone, recruit someone to your point of view which is like what Luthen does, which is what everybody's doing in this radicalization of bringing someone over. He needed Kino Loy. Kino Loy 
is the strategic piece in this puzzle to make this happen. Without Kino Loy, that doesn't happen. And he recruits him. He converts him to his POV out of desperation because he knows, right? He's smart. So all this stuff is like, yes, he's the perfect leader, but it's like not conscious or crystallized for him in that end, right? That's going to come or that that the dawning of all that is is about to come in, in the next two episodes because he's just had the perfect experience where like he solved the problem, you know? This is yeah. all this essentially is. It's like a series of like, how do we get out of these desperate corners and situations? And he threw like caged rat instincts, just did it. And yes, it's like, you know, if someone could play this back to him, like if Luther could play the episode back to him, it's like, you can't, you're telling me you're not perfect for this, you know? <laughs> I mean, he's still, yeah, you're right. He's still defaulting to like Kino. Like when it comes time to speak to the prison, he's still giving Kino the the microphone. He doesn't want to be the face of this. He doesn't want to be the voice. But he knows, but he does that on purpose. It's not necessarily not wanting to be the face of it. He knows that Kino is the voice, is is mm-hmm. the is the person you know what I mean? It's like it, that strategic piece of the puzzle. People know who this guy is, right? right? And they've heard his voice and they know it. And and it's like, yes, I can organize this stuff, but I have to do it wisely. And I know, need to know that this is the person who needs to be the face of it, right? Of mm-hmm. like this particular kind of thing. And so he does that. And it's really remarkable. And also the way that Kino takes to it. And finally, when he you know goes over the PA and he says his thing, and he echoes back that line to Andor, right? What does that line Andor says earlier on in the episode? He says, I'd rather die trying to take them down than die giving them what they want. And yeah. he says that and he looks back at Andor and conscious of it or not, Andor sort of learning the words I have to say are powerful and they can be influential and they can inspire people. And it's all, yeah, it's pretty great in the way that it's sort of like, you know, subtly telling him whether he's registering or not, that like, he's a born leader. And then, yeah, the, like I said, the the climb to the top, everybody makes it and you just see the, how much it deflates Kino knowing that he can't go, he can't do this because he's going to drown. Uh, yeah, but just also the whole build up to it, right? The whole build up to oh man, uh, yeah, those guys getting out of there is thrilling and like, wow, like such, such a, such an episode. Yes, it's outstanding. There, it's actually a pretty stripped down episode. We get like Andor's Narkina 5 escape. We get Mon Mothma's point of view. And then we get that big scene with Luthen. And those are like the big three. Uh, yeah, we don't pieces. get any Deidre in this episode, really. Mm-hmm. We don't, except for, except for maybe like right at the beginning. Yeah, with Lonnie when he's yeah. pointing out what they should do. Yeah, right. And and we don't get any Cyril. And it's very, it's mostly a Narkina 5 episode. It's it's the... Yeah, uh, but the, the Davos Galden stuff, like the, the Mon Mothma, the guy yeah. she didn't want to meet with. Man. Right, Which, that stuff's cool too, because that guy's like, it's like, we got to get you in business with the Trump of our uh, of our of our universe. And she's like, fuck that, no way. Mm-hmm. But we, we all know that she's got no choice, right? Or she will soon realize, like everybody's like being pushed in directions and and doesn't want to do it and resistant to certain things. But we know that she's going to have to, she's the, like, everything's about like sacrifices and desperate plays and things that we have no choice to do. And, you know, she's going to come back to this character. She's basically right. rejected him. She said, fuck that. No way. I'm taking money for someone like you, like your dirty, shady, shitty money. But well, yeah. that, but the price it was like, that's where right. you're like, oh man, this guy, he doesn't want money. He wants, he wants power. He wants his family to be married to her family. And 
he's turning he's spinning his wheels he wants to get into these senate apartments circles, that he's yeah he wants yeah. to get into circles of privilege and power and want to be a respected individual and he's manipulating her and exploiting the situation to his gain and yeah of course she's like no absolutely no way but and that's where it gets really rich and deep and personal because she's going to say yes eventually she's going to have to like to her it's going to be like i'm going to sacrifice my daughter to this for a bigger cause because in a way you know sadly you know her daughter and her husband are pretty lost you know yeah yeah they don't seem to like her much in general i think that's going to be the 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 central thing for her is essentially divorce herself from from that family and that's going to be the the horrible pain that she had the horrible sacrifice that she has to make in order to um, move this thing forward for sure and then the the Lonnie of it all, like I was mentioning earlier. Earlier, did we see him in any other episodes? We meet. We just yes, meet him. At we the definitely beginning. have. We definitely have. He's been in like a, a, a lot of these ISB meetings, along with part of, part of Grass or whatever part of, part of Gas. I don't know how to pronounce that guy's name, but the the, the, main, <laughs> the main guy. By the way, that guy's amazing. He's incredible. Yeah. Lonnie or the part of Gas. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's, he's awesome. Yeah, uh, I, I forget the name of the actor, but he's the he's essentially who leads the entire. ISB team of at least this team there for all we know there's you know several hundred or or several dozen or whatever it is different you know people of his same stature who leads another team right like exactly but 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 this is this is one uh thing and and this part of gas guy um I'm hoping I'm pronouncing that right and I know (laughs) like Tony Kilroy would kill me for that but but yeah he's he's incredible and um and Lonnie's on that team and he's definitely if you've been paying attention you've seen him throughout these meetings he's there chiming in with his two cents and stuff and now we get the big reveal of who he is and man i was thrilled about that because i was like that was one of the things i wanted to see throughout this because rogue one had given us a lot of spy stuff you know terrorists radicalists you know defectors all this kind of stuff that 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 is true life political intrigue stuff right like if you Mm -hmm. think of like things that uh, that happened in World War II or in, in the French Resistance or Russian Revolutions and all these things. There's always all there's always these kind of little uh, uh, pieces and, and players. And one of them that I've always wished for that I thought, you know, this would be so perfect for Andor is a mole, right? Yeah. Like uh, uh, someone who, who's planted themselves and is is a mole. Uh, I don't know what's the better term for it, but uh, a spy essentially. But like, you know, he's embedded himself for six years and that's what Lonnie turns out to be. And Man, that is really, really good shit. That whole last scene is mm-hmm. phenomenal. Yeah, the whole thing, the scene where he and Luthen meet and talk about their arrangement is almost as thrilling as the escape, just because of the dialogue in Stellan Skarsgård. It Skarsgård. really he's, is, yeah. He's just, he drops all artifice, he lays everything out about his position to Lonnie, and it's just gripping. It's it's awesome. That scene alone yeah. is just worth the price of admission for this episode, but you still get so much and that speech itself is just insane it's Um, so it's so amazing and and to me it's like i've been saying like you can do all the the other the kind of like this shows you man like this like you can do all the 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 lightsabers and the and the the dog fights and everything you want this dialogue scene this is tony gilroy's like set piece man this is Mm -hmm. this this is like you know and i guess you know props to bo willimon who wrote this episode but like the whole thing is just like, man, this is like a gigantic action set piece, but done in dialogue. Like it's mm-hmm. thrilling, it's tense, it's taut, it's climactic. It throws down the gauntlet. Uh, man, it it is just like it is such a great scene, and it also again it, it reveals new layers of Luthen that we didn't 
really know, right? We're started. We're still trying to get this guy. He's 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 always playing someone. He's always manipulating everyone. Even when Lonnie's in the elevator and they haven't even met yet, he says like, "Were you part of Aldani?" He said, "We were invited, but you know, we weren't actually there or something like that." And it's like he keeps everybody a little bit at bay. He's very like chess moves about who he gives information to, right? Mm-hmm. And and like, even he did the same thing with uh, uh, Saw Guerrero, right? He he was like, what, was Aldani you? He's like, you know, he you know he doesn't want to admit to anything and and just keeps people in the dark. And then, you know, he just gives that speech and, and you know, I love that line. I burn my decency for someone else's future. I burn mm-hmm. my life to make a sunrise that I know I'll never see. And we know that. We, we you know, he spelled it out, but but now... We've known it the entire time, but now it's just been really uh, spelled out to us that like this guy is committed and he committed a long time ago. Right. Yeah. And 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 this is why he's doing this this whole master plan. And and he's the puppet master, the 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 king's maker, putting this all together because he he knows that this is just what's going to have to be done. And he's he's resigned himself to this a long time ago. And and like I've said on past episodes, a lot of this show is sort of getting everybody on board with his POV and that POV, you know, is, you know, he's had Lonnie in there for, for as a, as a mole for six years and maybe it took three years before them to get him in there. So he's been working at this for a long time, right? He's been building towards this um, and he's been committed and resigned to knowing that he's not going to survive it in the end, but it's what has to be done. And he's just a man of such commitment and discipline and, and you know ideology it's really really fantastic scene and and uh stellan is just absolutely fantastic in it yeah outstanding stuff we're finally caught up to where we've seen for the screeners we've seen those first 10 for a while now we haven't seen 11 and 12 what do you have any predictions for what's coming up most just what i've been saying is that like you know we're pushing everyone to the point of I don't think it's neat into the point that like, Hey, let's do the rebel Alliance. But you know, I I think essentially by the end, regardless whether it's official or not, you've pushed Cassian Andor and Mon Mothma, who are the the two central players towards uh, Luthen, Luthen rail. And, and essentially you don't even need to get them to, to join him. All you need to do is get them to a place where spiritually, ideologically, and emotionally, they know that they have no other choice and they're ready. You know, it, it, that's as, that's as all you need to do is just leave them in a place where they, whether it's even unsaid or unspoken or not, it's like, this is what we have to do. We have to, you know, even if they don't articulate it in those words, like we have to join him. We have to join this cause. We have to go full blown into it. Yeah. And I think for Cyril, it's going to be something similar. Um, you know, it's still a little bit up in the air, but you know, I think we've put, we've seen him, we've seen him rejected from the empire. We've seen him, we've seen his, his, his whole world destroyed by what happened at the beginning, his identity. You know, someone's saying, I told someone the other day that there's like, you know, he was such an epic failure for him. And then I, and they were like, what was the epic failure? And I said, well, think about it in this term. How about you're a 30 year old, you have this <laughs> career your career is you're smart, you're you're bright, you're talented, you're you're aspirational, and you're doing really great in your job, and you know you're great at your job. You have a self such a self belief, and then all of a sudden, within a matter of minutes and days, this horrible thing happens, and not only are you fired, your career is over, and then you're in your mom's basement essentially. Your identity, <laughs> everything who you stand for, everything you do is all of a sudden ruined. It's in fucking tatters. 
So this man is fucking desperate. And also, I just nobody understands who Cyril is and nobody understands his storyline. And it's like, how, like, does this explain it to you? <laughs> like, this is yeah. a man who's had a, whose life, you know, it doesn't it's not big in terms of like, oh, you know, people died, but his life has been destroyed. You know, his identity, his self-worth, his sense of family, his, his reputation, his family, family's reputation, even though they live of, of, of small, you know, modest means, they have pride. It's all been destroyed. And this is a man desperate to get it back. So that desperation is is uh, where that can go. Who knows? But, you know, I, I still think that there's some there there with him, you know, after being rejected from the empire, where's the other place he could go? And I don't know if it's as, it's not as simple as like, hey, I guess I'll join with you guys. But I think something that's going to be set up where in a place it leaves him that, you know, it can pick up next season where it seems pretty obvious that, you know, whether it's Andor saving him or something, I don't know. But I, I feel like that's where it's, it's, it's going. It could be that. It could be that he's just this tragic sacrifice at the end of the season or, the, you know, at some point in the series. But it could be. Yeah, it could. It could be something like that. But I don't know. I, yeah. I really think that if, he, if it's just a tragic ending, then it, in some ways it doesn't go anywhere. This is yeah. a this is a show about ideologies and people people's ideologies shifting and changing. Right. Mm. And or doesn't want anything to do with with uh, Cyril's ideology. Mothma is still thinks he's crazy like what have you done like what have you unleashed she's not there right nobody's mm -hmm. on nobody's on his point of view his ideology yet and cyril's ideology is being challenged and disabused right he's basically telling them look i would be perfect for you i can do this and they're saying we don't care go away <laughs> you know i think that has a real major massive psychological impact and in this last episode the previous one where he goes to like you know that's his hail mary you know, mm -hmm. his last attempt at trying to do something with uh, Deidre, Dedra, and, you know, he fails. Yeah, the so. fan-made love montages that you were sending, very, <laughs> very hilarious between Cyril and sure. I, lo I love what some of the fandom is doing, but I think, there's a, I think there's a real point to this. And I think the show is about people's ideal ideologies shifting in, in through desperation, circumstances, and, and survival. And, uh, yeah, so I think there's, there's a point to what we're going to see what happened with Cyril. All right. Well, for our listeners, Andor's first 10 episodes are up now on Disney Plus with new episodes dropping weekly through the rest of November. Rodrigo, let's tee up our interview with Andy Serkis. Uh, I did this, I believe, last week, and we've run a few stories from it uh, just because it's been particularly juicy. Um, and Andy Serkis, he's just he's as kind as he is talented. So he's just delightful to talk to. And he's a really sweet guy. And he teases, you know, some other things that he's done and talks about those Snoke fan th theories, like I said, talks about some characters out of Star Wars because he's just done so much. Right. Um, but yeah, it's it's a good conversation. And I'm excited. for. Yeah, I can't wait to hear it. I'm, I'm glad you talked to him. That sounds awesome. And and and, you know, I guess we'll keep hinting, but hopefully some some really good guests to come in our last few episodes. I think we're eyeing three pretty, pretty uh, major great guests. Yes. Fingers crossed. Okay. As a reminder, we'll be back next week for another episode of The Rogue One, so keep checking back every week for more discussions and interviews for this amazing piece of Star Wars. Let's get it over to Andy Serkis for Rodrigo and myself. Stay rebellious. Yeah, 
Angela with the playlist. Mr. Circus, thank you so much for taking the time. Uh, I just want to start out by saying I'm a massive, massive fan. Was so happy to see you show up in Andor, which is one of my favorite Star Wars things to ever happen. So great stuff all around. Congratulations. And thank you for taking the time. Oh, thank you. It's great to see you again. Yeah. Uh, Like I said, it was a massive surprise for us to see you on the show. How much of a surprise for you was it to return to the Star Wars universe? And how did it all come together? Yeah, it was a huge surprise. I mean, it was the last thing literally I would ever have expected to happen. And especially with all the, you know, I I lived through all of the Snoke theories and I just thought, oh no, this is going (laughs) to I mean, what kind of worms is this going to open up, you know? And the boy did it. (laughs) Oh boy. And so, and I did consider, I was thinking, is this a good idea? Because it's just going to confuse the hell out of people. But, you know, when, look, I was such a big fan of Rogue One. And uh, and, and when Tony Gilroy, uh, you know, first talked to me about it, uh, he, he, he was very compelling. And I, I mean, you didn't have to convince me because because he's such a great storyteller, great filmmaker and, and uh, you know, brilliant writer, et cetera, and producer and showrunner. But he really... Um, he really got me with 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 you know when he was explaining the arc of the of this character and and uh, you know um, and obviously where 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 he ends up in 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 this series so so it was it, it really spoke to me because i think the andor series at like rogue one feels very grounded feels very it doesn't have the kind of the, in a sense it's it's the gray area of 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 Star Wars, you know, and we are used to much more sort of black and white, sort of dark and light uh, kind of choices, I suppose. And so they're the very, this is a very murky end of the swimming pool to be, to be in, in Andor and, and Cassian's journey, uh, you know, mixing with it, with all this political intrigue and, and, you know, and seeing characters really going through it and, uh, you know, the, the psychological depth of all of the, of, of, of every single role in it and the amazing cast that, that it's attracted. So it was, you know, for all those reasons, it, it seemed, it seemed like a good idea and I could, hopefully assuage the 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 rumor mill and uh not not pe- get get people too confused <laughs> yeah i i mean yeah you had to see it coming just because snoke was there and uh people are going to start saying hey this is the guy that they cloned for snoke and all that stuff do you just say no this is not that character he's his own guy he's keen Loy. this week that's what i'm saying no i'm only joking <laughs> um no it's like it's like <laughs> No, he he's definitely yeah he's definitely not related in any way, shape, or form to, to Snoke. Let's just get that clear. I mean, when I started working on the character, I really wanted to think about who Kino was before he was incarcerated, before he, you know, he was was put on the prison ship. Um, we know what he's like. We you know we can we witness what he's like when we first see him. He's this sort of tough foreman um, who runs a part of, of one of the segments on the on the floor. And uh, it seems quite callous and hard and uncaring for for his fellow workers. Uh, what I wanted to create as a backstory was the opposite: was someone who was a shop steward and, and and was used to working in these kinds of conditions, but actually was was very pro kind of workers' rights. And actually, that was why he was in prison because he was very vocal and was probably seen as being a troublemaker, a firebrand kind of character, and, and which is why he was in prison, because he was potentially seen as a little bit dangerous because he, you know, he was good at uniting people. 
so so that that was where and also that he had a family and so when he's in prison he just this kind of wall comes down and, and he shuts off and is really just about getting through the time without ruffling any feathers you know to 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 just get to the end and and then until cassian comes into his life and shakes him up and makes him realize that there is actually probably no possibility of ever being released that it just it just kind of flips his switch and 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 he throughout the rest of the the course of his journey begins to find his humanity again and and the desire to to bring people together to 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 have a better outcome so so it was a really interesting arc that that tony had written and i just wanted to have that sort of very solid beginning for him so was that beginning middle and end always the way it was because it's such a a perfect little character arc for him there and just the tragedy at the end there of him just not being able to jump your heart goes out to him was that always how it goes it, it, that was that was how how tony talked about it and and you know he he wanted that he wanted someone who could have a, a kind of authority and then and then go through this sort of emotional journey yeah so that was that was very much the shape of it but as i say i wanted i wanted him to come from a place of yeah. in a previous in the previous existence of having the potential to be able to unite people so do you think that's the end of kino do you think he escapes in your mind at least do you yes think he escapes he <laughs> and he meets up in series two with cassie no i know i have no idea yeah, exactly. no. <laughs> if we don't um, see him die he's not dead that's all i'm, I'm gonna say <laughs> i'm with you on that yeah. one i've had enough screed deaths in my time to know that mm-hmm. so <laughs> i made it through this one sort of kind of and look there aren't that many prison uh, prison guards on Narkina five because they didn't need them because it's all electrified. So, so, uh, you know, I don't know. We'll yeah, see. Who knows? Uh, we do actually a weekly and or podcast here because we love the show so much. Oh, wow. And we've spoke, we've spoken with Tony. We've spoken with Toby Haynes last week. I spoke with Toby Haynes. He was talking about eight, nine and 10 and how great it was to work with you. Um, and then you said you guys were talking, you were, you were just excited to be playing more than he thought you said more than two characters. And I was like, Snoke, Kino, were you like a secret stormtrooper or something, or is that misremembering on his part? God, don't start, don't don't start any more rumors. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, there was definitely no discussion. Just the two, You never know. You, you could be hiding under any of those helmets. Yeah. So uh, with Tony Gilroy, you mentioned working with him. How was that experience? You know, I know going in, he pitched you, he sold you. How did that end for you? Was it a, a fulfilling experience? Did you learn anything from working with Tony? What I learned from Tony is that he is so incredibly fastidious as a, as a storyteller. He's so thorough. He, I mean, how he mapped out all of the, the the depth of all of those characters and gave them all such beautiful arcs throughout the course of the series. Real proper structured storytelling, great structured storytelling. Um, so I, so I, I, you know, you can't fail to to but to learn from someone like that um, and and say hats off. He really, really is an inspiring individual. Yeah, I'm kind of in awe of, of his writing at this point in time and how he just keeps it all together. As far as your career goes, you're living like the nerd's dream career. I know you're aware of this. Between Lord of the Rings to Apes to Star Wars to Venom to the MCU to uh, the Batman, which I'm wearing the shirt of today. Um, 
is there anything left that you want to accomplish, you know, as far as that stuff goes, or even just your career? What do you have left in the, the bucket list, as it were? Well, I mean, as, as a, you know, the Imaginarium, which is our production company, is, is, yeah. is very active at the moment. In fact, we just released a, a show on, on Netflix called The, the Bastard Son and the Devil Himself, which is, which is got to number six. So I'm really, really pleased about that. Um, but, but I want to, I just look, I love, um, and working, I'm working on Animal Farm at the moment and have been for some time and that George Orwell's Animal Farm. So that, yep. uh, you know, which which will be coming to your screen sometime, I guess, in the next year or so. I, I've I have so many stories that I want to tell. I can't, you know, I'm, we have a huge slate of projects, and so jazzed about about being in development with 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 all, with a lot of them. So, um, you know, and and I really look forward to to you know to doing more directing and 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 acting too. Um, so yeah, yeah I'm, I'm excited by everything that's going on. Is that busyness ultimately why Venom 3 couldn't happen? There's just too much in the schedule to really fit it in there to, to commit to something like that? It was, you know, I felt, I felt like I was the, the custodian of, of Venom for a really interesting time and I really loved my time on it. But yeah, the, the, the other projects that I'd already had sort of lined up kind of, I had to get back to them because otherwise, you know, they, they take so long to, to bring into the world. So yeah, that's, yeah. that's, that's the reason totally understandable speaking of of the batman uh, before that's one of my favorites of the year still on my top five i feel like we just got a peek into that relationship when it comes to this new alfred and bruce i won't ask what's next because obviously you know you can't ask that stuff but what would you like to see as like the next evolution of alfred and and their relationship that's difficult that's a really difficult one to answer <laughs> i mean i know whatever you know whatever happens you know matt matt reeves again a genius storyteller and he always goes for the emotional heart of a story and and that was what was what i was so you know proud of really i suppose was that was that was there was a, here was a version of the relationship between you know bruce and alfred that felt very kind of emotionally powerful and connected and you know had so many undercurrents and 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 to get to play that and and with rob who was you know again so he's such a great actor and you know so i i hope there's more of that i hope, i really hope there's that, you know, that we we get to see that and plus you know maybe not getting injured so much next time <laughs> did you get seriously injured on on set there or just the character are you talking about no, just the but, character uh, it's the character. Yeah, got yeah, it, yeah, got yeah. it, got it. I was like, did they really explode him? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but with uh, with Animal Farm coming up, is that the next thing you have coming out? Or is that, you know, you're tinkering away at that and we'll see what happens? No, that's, 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 a, that's, it's a, you know, huge project, which has been taking time to get going and, and is, will literally be hopefully on your screens next year. So, so it's, it, we're midway through production as it were. And also, yeah, there are, there are kind of, there are plenty of other projects, which I probably shouldn't talk about now, actually. <laughs> Have they given you a start date on, on the Batman sequel or not even, not even at that point yet? Yeah. Yeah. Totally understandable. So if they gave you a chance to come back as a character in Star Wars, would you want it to be Snoke or would you want it to be Kino? I, I love them both. I love, They're I love both your both babies. Characters. You know, and I'd like to, I'd kind of like to, to come back as Snoke again and, and uh, you know, uh, uh, just to put all of those theories to rest, actually. 
Yeah, well, Damon Lindelof has a movie coming out in that timeline, so <laughs> give him a call. I'm just saying it would be nice to see you again. Um, but I do want to thank you for your time. For those listening and or will be premiering new episodes through November, Andy, you are amazing in them. That arc in 8, 9, and 10 is just wonderful. I love it, and it was wonderful speaking with you. Good, sir. Well, thank you. Great to see you again. Great to see you as well. 